Hey guys, Bill here. Thank you very much for checking out another episode of the podcast. All right, today we sat down with George. George works on the retail side of Red Run Cannabis Company. He also has uh, quite a bit of experience with geodesic domes, uh, essential oils, and a, just a whole bunch of other things that I have no clue about. So I sat down and he explained to me, because I wanted to know about the six years that he spent living without a roof over his head. And he gave me the really quick, quick rundown and got to talking and speaking quite passionately on the subject. So it was a really, really cool conversation with a really, really cool dude. All right. So now I've got to get to the things that keep the bills uh, paid. Let me get straight to it. The 26th of this month, on Saturday, there are two live comedy shows that I need you to go to. One of the two. I don't care which one. You can go to either. You can go to both. That's really cool. If you like Mexican food and getting drunk, I gotcha. All right? We have a 6.30 family-friendly show at Acapulco's Family Restaurant in Soldatna on the Hill. If you're coming into Soldatna on the Sterling Highway, it's on the right uh, or it's on the left. If you're coming into Soldatna from Sterling, it'll be on the left. If you're heading out to Sterling, it'll be on your right, uh, just past St. Elias. Um, and right across the street from uh, Whistle, Whistle Hill, whatever it is, the new coffee shop, right? That's in the train station. It's in the train. Yeah, across the street from there, in the Mexican restaurant, there will be comedy. There will be Cass Smiley. There will be Joe Stoltz. There will be Chris Coleman. And there will be Justin Lawrence Hoyt. If you are not familiar with Justin Lawrence Hoyt, simply Google Dancing Alaska Man Alicia Keys, and uh, I hope you're not holding anything. I hope you don't have any drinks in your hand or drinks in your mouth. I hope you don't have anything in your mouth because it'll end up on your keyboard or it'll end up in your phone wherever you're watching that video. So be sure to check that out. Now, also, be sure to check out when they're coming to town. We do podcasts, and we record podcasts, so if there's something you want uh, you want to ask Cass or you want to ask Joe or you want to ask any of any of the guys or gals that are coming into town, be sure to send me a message at WokenBakedPodcast at gmail.com. Very simple. WokenBakedPodcast at gmail.com. All right. That is Saturday the 26th. Uh, at 6.30, there's the family-friendly show. And at 10 o'clock, there will be the not-so-family-friendly show. If you are not familiar with Cass Friendly's, uh, Cass Smiley's not-so-family-friendly stuff, she's got an album called Hooker on Spinard. It's on Spotify. It's on iTunes. You should probably get a copy of it from your grandma or for your grandma. Uh, maybe even from your grandma. If your grandma is into Cass Smiley, she might have a copy of Hooker on Spinard. Your grandmother might be a Hooker on Spinard. Your might, your grandmother might be the OG Hooker on Spinard. In which case, your mother, you know, might have been conceived with the assistance of a John on Spinard. Which, you know, these things happen. Otherwise, we wouldn't say things like, these things happen. All right. So that is Saturday, the 26th for Royal Parkers and Acapulco. All right. A uh, quick solid shout out to my strongest of supporters, Iron Asylum Gym on KB Road in lovely Soldatna. I think it's technically it's on it's in Soldatna. It's behind Safeway. Uh, not Safeway. Save You More on K Beach. Uh, so if you're on K Beach, you'll see Save You More. Behind Save You More is Iron Asylum, and that is technically, it's on KB Road. It's right next to Marco's Garage. 
it's in the old Redemption location. So if you know where Redemption MMA was, uh, one of their old locations, I'm not sure if it was their first location, but it was one on KB Road, um, then, yeah, that's where Iron Asylum is. 24-hour access, uh, beautiful, beautiful equipment. I'll be there in the morning. I'm really excited about that. Let me tell you about my experience there in the morning. There's nobody there when I'm there. So for a good 45 minutes, I can crank the shit out of some Vinny Paz, maybe some Jedi mind tricks, maybe some Nas, whatever the fuck I want to listen to at uh, like 8 o'clock in the morning. I can listen to and it's cranked up because it's right there in the rules. Listen to the music loudly. Grunting is allowed. Perfect. Just do your thing, all right? Um, but yeah, so Iron Asylum Gym, KB Road. Be sure to check them out on Instagram at Iron Asylum AK. You can also check them out on Facebook, and you can go to their website. All right, also 5150 Vapes, also located in lovely Soldadna on the main strip, right across from the park there, your vape super center on the peninsula. They also now carry uh, Shatter Batter. I've talked about it before. I will let you know how it is as soon as, like, I've tried it, but I've never, like, tried it on my own because I don't own a vaping rig because I'm not a vapor. I'm a person, damn it. Uh, but if you are a vapor and you do have a vaping rig and you are looking for a way to uh, take your oils, your shatters, your concentrates and turn them into a vapable substance, well, 5150, they've got what you need. Also, a quick solid shout out to the Schnitzel Bomber, the culinary king of K Beach Drive. Where's K Beach Road? Anyway, whatever it is, on K Beach, the Schnitzel Bomber. They make good old-fashioned, stick-to-your-ribs, uh, German comfort food with a, a splash of, well, like other kinds of comfort food from all over the place. Really, if, like if it's a comfort food, they, uh, they're they pretty well family invested in it, man. And, and if not, you probably pull up and just say, hey, this is what I like. Surprise me. And uh, Vinny and Jess can probably surprise you. But stop by the Schnitzel Bomber. Be sure to check out their specials. You can check them out on Facebook and Instagram. They make a lovely dish. I'm not going to lie to you. I've had a lot of their food. And it is probably responsible. I don't want to say it's responsible for, for my uh, my current health. But, I mean, that's all my decision. However, the Schnitzel Bomber, they're making it any better with that damn delicious food. Ugh. But I could also I have the healthy option there. That's on me. That's uh, that's not on them. I'm the one that decides to eat the French fries uh, with the gravy and the cheese and the sausage on top of it. That's that's my decision. I'm sure I could have some cabbage that would clear out my guts, and uh, I'm sure they could make something nice and healthy for me. But that's just not what I'm going for. All right. So that being said, without further ado, let me get right back to uh, my guest again, George. Thank you very much for your time. If you are interested in what George has to say, be sure to look him up on the Instagram. Be sure to look him up on the Facebook. Be sure to stop by uh, Red Run. He's got a, a wealth of uh, knowledge on all kinds of really, really cool subjects. All right. Without further ado, Trap Lord Circuit, you handsome son of a biscuit. Take it away. Good day, good afternoon, good morning, good whatever time you're listening to this. Thank you very much for listening to this. You're a beautiful person, and if no one tells you today, I love you. Or I don't. I mean, it's you figure it out. I don't know. Anyway, today I'm hanging out with George. George is the head processor? Head, well, yeah, George, give me, your, give me your title. Give me the quick bio on, who you, on what you do right now. Um, well, I'm a... 
core person at Red Rum Cannabis Company. Uh, I do a retail shift over there, but I'm also the uh, operations manager uh, for our processing unit. Uh, I have about 20 years of plant processing background. I, I uh, produce certified organic essential oils for about 20 years. Okay. How has that transition been from processing essential oils to processing cannabis and cannabis products? Well, it's given me a great deal of insight uh, into the fact that uh, if you have a desired product, then a process has to be adhered to to get that product. So understanding those different processes to get to different products uh, is uh, a really important mindset. Especially like in retail, if you're talking about consistency. Um, if you're talking about consistency, consistently selling uh, products that are, um, you know, are to use to have a desired effect, then you need to stick to the process that has gotten you successful um, and, and has produced a good product and thus far, more or less. Kind of ish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it, it more or less, but but uh, just like in the essential oil realm, different processes will lend different uh, uh, products. And, and how I handle my plant material dictates uh, uh, what my goal product is going to be, whether it's going to be uh, a hydrosol or a herbal or floral water, or whether it's going to be an essential oil from a plant that yields a quantity of essential oils. Uh, one of my biggest products for years was not an essential oil, but a hydrosol. Uh, uh, witch hazel is, is the plant and the watery distillate uh, of the same name, uh, derived from uh, Hamamelis virginiana, uh, which is the witch hazel shrub in the wild. Okay. Uh, uh, witch hazel is a shrub that grows in uh, dynamic gravel riverbed bottoms. Uh, it's a, a first-tier plant. What does that mean? It's the one that starts the forest canopy. Okay. All right. It can go out in the bright light, in the running water, in the gravel, and propagate. Those root systems do things to the stream bed. Other plants like willows and stuff start moving in, and then bigger plants and bigger plants. And first thing you know, the stream is now over 40 feet over there because this is built up with so much soil and, and forest that it's actually moved the stream over uh, and created a new dynamic riverbed, <laughs> gravel bottom riverbed. And so the, uh, and so the process continues. <clears throat> right, first, second tier, third tier forest. Uh, uh, that's, that's a lot to go into briefly. <laughs> I, I appreciate uh, I appreciate that on a on a whole bunch of counts. Um, so one of the things that we were talking about was kind of like the preparedness to to live outside and that sort of thing. And one of the things you mentioned to me was that you lived outdoors for six years. And I had a couple of questions about that just off the top of my head, and I kind of wanted to know uh, how far we could dive into that. That's cool. All right. So yeah. Yeah. how did that happen? Like, were you just, you know, just hanging out in Cali one day or like, you know, I'm heading north for the next six years? Um, yeah. Well, I grew up in L.A. 
Okay. Uh, and and in my preteen and teen life, uh, uh, it did like the beach scene and blah 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 all that, and um, really hated it because of the the plastic people. It it's like uh, what they do with. Facebook filters now. <laughs> they, yeah. used to, they used to do it real life back then, and, you know, make themselves all uh, the beautiful people and stuff, and and all stuck up about it. So it's like uh, after the third time of going down to Hollywood and and walking out down Muldoon and having people from the balconies throw beer bottles at us and tell us to get the fuck out because we don't even live in Muldoon. I was like. You know what? I think LA sucks, and so uh, I did something that my father had spoken of that he wanted to do in his younger life. But uh, then uh, uh, World War Two and a family and all that came along, and he couldn't do it. And that was to be a hobo. And I was like, "Oh hell, that sounds like too much fun." You know, I'm young. I, I don't have any. Uh, uh, I don't have any ties or or anything. Uh, I had men married and divorced uh, in a short period of time. Uh, I had had the opportunity to uh, uh, grow up in the flooring trade, so I had a trade under my belt, uh, vinyl flooring, and, and a good vinyl flooring technician. At that time, was pretty good money anywhere I went. All, all I had to do is go into a flooring store and go, hey, you got any jobs? <laughs> you know? Uh, so I I just, like, <laughs> threw a couple of tools and some clothes and an extra pair of shoes and a backpack and, and headed out. Uh, stuck my thumb in the air. Uh, ended, ended up in the northern central part of the California Central Valley and uh, thought I was going to die. <laughs> from okay. from exposure and and stuff I that I was totally unprepared for, uh, uh, ran into a couple of good old boys, uh, old hobos, real hobos. Just paid attention to how to survive out there and be comfortable. Biggest thing is being comfortable. If you can make yourself comfortable, then that does a lot for morale. When you have high morale, you go out and kill shit and eat it. Otherwise, you sit home and starve to death. <laughs> well, I mean, it's—I mean, that's, but that's—but that's a big part of life, anyways. Just like getting yourself up off of the couch to just to fucking do something. Yeah, but when you have no couch to get up off of, it lends a whole different vantage to it. It's—it's it's like, well, damn. I don't even have a couch to lounge out on. Um, I better get out there and do something. And it, and it it either forces you to get out there and do something, or it forces you to get out of that situation and give up. And, and I I just decided to get out there and, and just do a little bit of some things every now and then keep myself going. Like I said, I had no, uh, I had no responsibilities or anything. 
So, you know, the only thing I had to worry about was getting in touch with mom every once in a while so she didn't drive dad crazy. Yeah. You know? Uh, And uh, I learned how to do it. I learned how to make myself comfortable out there. And, and, uh, I mean, everywhere from Central California to Kodiak Island, uh, I've lived outside. Uh, Matter of fact, when I was living out on uh, Fort Abercrombie, the ranger come out there once in a while and check on me, just to make sure the bears didn't eat me. You know, uh, how, how real was the fear of that on Kodiak? Yeah, very. Well, like, what kind of interactions did you have with bears? Uh, just visual and from a distance. On on Kodiak, uh, I've seen them pretty up close, but you know that was somewhere else, and I was on a skiff offshore, so we weren't worried about it or nothing, but. Uh, uh, but like on, on Kodiak, uh, when the brownies were active, uh, of course the rangers were all over that shit. They'd, nobody wants to see a tourist or somebody get eaten on their watch, dude. <laughs> oh gosh, no. Right? Oh, that's gotta be like the worst. Oh yeah, yeah you're Tim. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh, old Timmy. Good old, good old, good old, good old Ranger Timmy, <laughs> old, old tourist killer Timmy. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah you don't want uh, you want you don't don't want that guy around. But, uh, um, so, so when you when you um were living without a roof, like how how were you were you pitching a tent? Were you um oh, you have, like, yeah, a hammock yeah. in the and, trees or something? Right. In 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 Clement weather, I'd I'd, uh, I'd build a shelter or uh, a lot of times I had a tent, you know. Uh, but, uh, if the weather was fine, I mean, you know, why even bother, you know, as long as it wasn't going to rain or freeze or whatever, I slipped that just out under the stars. Take it under the stars. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Fort Abercrombie on, on Kodiak was a trip because of the bears. Uh, but besides that. The biggest thing you have to worry about when you live outside is other people. Because other people, it doesn't matter how little you have. (coughs) (coughs) There is somebody out there that is willing to come along and take it. I mean, I've probably lost three sets of stuff. have a camp somewhere and come back and I know I camped here somewhere oh shit there it was (laughs) where all your shit was is gone you know it's gotta suck Uh, yeah I I had all my stuff in a uh, like in bags and stuff and then in a duffel bag uh, buried and stashed somewhere one time in uh, Oregon and uh Came back and somebody must have watched me bury it because it was dug up and gone. <laughs> and when I left, it was like I camouflaged it pretty well, you know. I like scratched out all the footprints and stuff, even leading up to that little space that I went. And, and yeah, somebody had to have been like on the other side of the creek or something watching me. As soon as I left, they came along, dug up my shit, took it all. <laughs> oh well, damn it. Good. Now, it, 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 
my thing was uh, uh, meeting people that didn't want to be out there, meeting people in in uh, uh, in in Seattle and and uh, uh, in Portland and and you know that really didn't want to be out there, that didn't want to be homeless, that were just fine people that got themselves into a circumstance that reduced their resources to, you know, maybe their vehicle and some stuff. Uh, these, uh, if I would have known then, what I know now about geodesic domes and how easy they are really to work with, uh, I would have not only been a lot more comfortable back then, I don't know if I would have ever came off the road. <laughs> now, if we can go to that, because your your house that, uh, that, that you have built is a geodesic dome. It's a two-story geodesic dome. <laughs> yeah. uh, it looks like it like uh, like a space capsule. I mentioned that to you a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, you've mentioned also that it does really you know good at circulating heat. Tell me some more about the selling points of uh, geodesic dome housing. Um. Well, there's it, it. There's all the old blah 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 of uh, uh, more efficient, more efficient with space, more efficient with uh, uh, heating and cooling. Uh, you, you know, uh, and all all that's great. It, it but people expect too much out of that, I think. Uh, and in order for things to work just right on the HVAC side, uh, uh, that's uh, heating, ventilation, and air conditioning, uh, it, there still has to be some emplacements to, to make a dome work really well. But when those emplacements are there, they work much more efficiently than a rectilinear building. Uh, my big thing with domes is, is uh, especially the first two frequencies, one frequency and two frequency domes, are really, really simple to make, and they're the most stable and toughest of those type of structures. If a person is interested in geodesic domes uh, for for a living space, for an office space, or whatever. What are you think the three most important things to pay attention to, or at least to do some more research on before you get into that? I probably should have written these questions down yeah. for you um, so you'd have a <clears throat> chance to think about that. Right. Um, uh, of course, insulation and, and water tightness are... are tantamount to a successful structure. Uh, besides that, they are an avant-garde structure. That means every geodesic dome at this point is a custom structure. There's no set way. There's no... Uh, uh, there's not just one right way. 
to do it. Yeah, there's no UBC for yeah. for UBC uh, Universal Building Code. Okay, there's there's no Universal Building Code for for domes. They're built in such a variety of ways. Okay, that it, you know, uh, uh, and it would behoove a person to. Understand the different ways geodesic domes can be constructed. Okay, so so we're looking at, at, at insulation, water tightness, and and like what basically looking for the best way to build it for you and what it is that your your purposes for construction are. You know, like what, right. what, what the needs are. What are uh, the actual uh, needs? Yeah, they're 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 pretty much a a, a purpose driven structure. Yeah. Uh, that's not to say they can't be repurposed, but uh, uh, like the the one I'm in is like a little tiny house. It's 144 square foot footprint, uh, but I have almost that upstairs too. So uh, uh, more like 288 feet, which is okay for a single person yeah. <laughs> or like a little cabin or something. Well, well, it certainly does a lot for like tiny living. Like you could fit it, you could take care of a, a, like a lot of people in a very small amount of space. Oh, with, for sure, with for sure. And and uh, uh, with material availability, it, it those spaces can be done really inexpensive too. Uh, uh, I mean, even here. If you wanted to go with natural material, uh, we could build a one-frequency dome out of uh, alders. Okay. Because alders are about... What is a one-frequency dome? What do you mean by that? Um, well, <clears throat> it, that's kind of a tough one to do on audio. Okay, so, so it's more of a visual yeah, thing. So, um, so it, Google, it, it, Google it. Needless, right, needless to say, the higher the frequency, the smoother the sphere. Okay. The lower the frequency, the more pointed the sphere. Okay. So one frequency is extremely pointed. The angles are like 32 degrees uh, uh, where, the, where the hubs meet. So that's a, you know, a pretty sharp angle. Uh, uh, on a two frequency, it's like 16 and 18 degrees. So... Okay, um, Drew. Thanks for talking to me about uh, about geodesic housing. It, it, it's certainly something to think about going forward, and, and certainly warrants a lot of discussion as as we talk about um, things like um, like the different caring for the Kenai initiatives, the uh, homeless connect, and some of the other different programs that are out there. What are some legitimate, real answers to? Uh, what are some real solutions? to the issues that we're facing. And I don't want to say that I don't want to say problems, but these are, these are problems and these are situations that need to be addressed because these are, uh, in many cases, it's not just one person living by themselves. We're talking about entire families. Uh, and if you're, yeah. if you're really curious about what the homeless situation in our community looks like, 
uh, talk to uh, talk to your kid's teacher and talk to them about how many teach or how many students that they have that are taking showers at that school yep. that are getting all of their meals at that school yep. um, that uh, don't have electricity that yep. don't have running water. Yep. I can tell you that in this community, um, and, and when I'm when I say this community, I'm speaking specifically like about the Kenai Peninsula. I don't know where you are listening to this, but it's it's probably quite a bit more than than you think wherever you are. Um, talk to any of your kids' uh, teachers about about the homeless situations and, and how many homeless families out are out there. You're not talking about like a, a singular adult male. We, we were talking, we're talking about George living by himself for six years as an adventure. Uh, we're talking, uh, we're also talking about uh, families that are currently dealing with like tragedy um, or whatever, uh, whatever, whatever situation led a person to be in the position that they're in. Um, this is a solution. This is, this is a, a solution to the problem of people not having a place to live, not having a roof over their heads and, um, and a, a, a roof over one's head can do a lot. It's Holy tantamount smokes. to success for so many people. Yeah, it absolutely. Um, absolutely. To, they have a to place to rest. To... They have a place of security. You see those people out there left. You know. It's fucked up. And and it, it's it's it I've seen it where it's totally none of their fault. Totally none of their fault. And and they have no place to I have four kids. <laughs> That's fucking shit. To me. That's the worst. You know? Sorry. It's alright. Like, I'm thinking about that. My, my wife and I have, have five kids. Yeah. Um, yeah, like well, that's... What would it be like to live outside? Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. What do you do? What you have to make immediate decisions because you have to take care of your kids. The first thing that you have to do is maintain uh, the the safety and security of, of your children. Um, and then how do you do that? And then every decision you make after that uh, is is predicated on how do you make sure your kids are safe and secure? Uh, how do you uh, make sure that you have food? Um, and then and where do you keep your food? And these are these are things that like we we're, we're not thinking about. I've never like I. I mean, I remember like not having a lot of places to go, but but not to a point where I I was worried about my food, where I was worried about someone stealing my food, where I was worried like that was a real concern. Or where are you gonna sleep tonight? Damn, get thrown out of that other place last night. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, for 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 five hundred dollars, I could build a shelter for someone that would be substantial, that would be waterproof and and wind resistant up to like ninety miles an hour. I mean, that would only be a hundred square feet. 
but that's a place to live. Like that is a that is a, a place to have to secure your stuff. Um, right. I you know it's it's a it's safety and security. Right. I mean, shoot for for a couple thousand dollars, you could have some real luxury in the thing. Um, but but the, that's what my place cost me. But the the reality is is and and, and I hate to say this um, so loud. We we have bureaucracies that it, that have been created to make it damn near impossible for you to do that for people. Um, the, the entire system is right. stacked up against that because people need to make a lot more money than that. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, but I mean, it, and then it, if building, it, I mean, it, it, and the yeah. issues are, are, are even deeper than, than just that. Oh, so, oh my gosh. Uh, uh, there's, there's, okay, there, there are so, onions. Right. Well, what, yeah. What if we get together and, and build like a half a dozen 500 square foot domes? And where are we going to put them? And if we put them there, what are we going to do for sanitation? I got to do uh, sewage. And what, what are we going to do for, for water and how are we going to light them and heat them? You know, there's there's so many more layers to yeah. it than than what I could simply address myself. Yeah. But uh, these little hundred square foot uh, uh, one frequency domes that I do, uh, it's it's like that's like so super cheap. It's a hundred square foot of Securable, safe, weather-resistant space. Well, it also seems like Legos. Like if you if you knew what you were doing, you could kind of build more onto it. As oh, well. for sure. You could just you, sure. you're kind of limited by like space and creativity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you want to make even hot down, right? You could even build. these little one-frequency domes. Uh, uh, it's really easy to like match them right up together and put two of them together a little hallway between them and boom yeah. you get you know twice the living space yeah i mean you, you could do you could do a lot with that you could do like yeah. a whole igloo community and and like i can make these things out of virtually any linear material pipe wood i use metal drywall studs for mine yeah but even like alders, alders are long and straight enough to gather up 25 pieces of alder that's all the same length, attach them together in a configuration that's at 32 degree angles with each other, and boom, you got a substantial shelter. You know, then it all just comes down to the resources to. Uh, Attach those pieces to each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you got to address all the internal, like, fixture stuff. You know, like we were talking about earlier, sewage. You got to, if you're going to build living right, right, right. you know. Um, but, but, but there's, but there's, there are stages of shelter. And initially, sometimes that first stage is an emergency stage. Whereas I need to get a. Something up immediately. I need to get a roof over my ass or I'm going to die. Yeah. Uh, uh, kind of stuff, uh, then it 
you know, later on when you get comfortable and you are secure. It, and that's the big thing is security. So if you have if you have some idea of what you're doing, you know, you're able to to comprehend the instruction manual. Maybe you have some buddies helping you. How long would it take you to build something like say yours, like your two story geodesic dome? Oh, that thing. Yeah. Uh, well, it takes me by myself two days to fabricate the basic frame, uh, two days to put it together, uh, and that's the frame, uh, another few days to insulate it and cover it. So like within a week, you'd have a substantial structure. All right, George, I have taken up way too much. If people are interested in geodesic dome, by the way, sorry about that, folks. I had a phone call come in on my phone uh, that was not the Illuminati breaking in. Keep in mind, I'm still doing this on my phone. All right, so if people want to get a hold of you, George, how do they do that? Yeah, people want to get a hold of me if they're if they're interested in this or they're interested in uh, Red Run products and the like. Yeah, uh, that would be George G E O R G E at Red Red Run Cannabis Company. Dot com. And if you want to see George's lovely face, you can uh, check it out on the Red Run Cannabis Company Kenai <laughs> Alaska T-shirt. Uh, also on the Hippie Crippler. Yeah, right. Oh, the Hippie Crippler's gone. Ah. They, they buried the Hippie Crippler because uh, uh, the Hippie just was not producing enough. Okay. People did like, <laughs> did really like it, uh, and not just for its namesake, but. Uh, but uh, yeah, it just wasn't a real big producer, so that uh, that entity dropped it. Hippie Cripper. Um But we went ahead and, and uh, uh, kept, kept my the face on yeah, the, <laughs> you, you absolutely should <laughs> on the t-shirts and a few stickers and stuff. So. Um, so before we get out of here, do you have a, a particular? Um, you work in the cannabis industry. Do you have a particular favorite strain? Ooh. I know you like concentrates, so uh, what is your favorite? Yeah. Now, what is your favorite uh, particular concentrate, and what strain of that? Oh, I'd have to say there's nothing like live run resin. Uh, it just carries the terpene profile so well. Um, the strain, uh, I'd have to go with, like, my three favorite strains. Let's go right ahead. Right three favorite works. Uh uh, would have to be uh, purple phantom cookies. The purple phantom cookies. Um, By the way, silver uh, silver award winner as a uh, as a terp sauce, right? At uh, the High Times Cannabis Cup. Yeah, yeah, that was a nice one. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, also, uh, recently, Agent Carter. Agent the, Carter the, out of. Uh, sorry, that was a phone call from my wife. Uh, she's going to be pissed. All right, so so we before we get out of here, we're at Purple Phantom Cookies. Uh, Agent, Carter. Agent Carter out of uh, uh, out of Wasilla, and I really love uh, our salmon berry bomb. Also, a really good uh, solid choice. Yeah, I I I, I really like the live. Haven't resin. haven't had it as a live resin though. I, oh, I mean, I've had it as, as a flower. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, so big, big fan of the, the salmon berry bomb. If you want to sample the salmon berry bomb, uh, you can always go by on, um, 
pre-roll Wednesday, check out the selection, but uh, you, I would recommend going in, getting yourself, uh, getting yourself a gram, getting yourself a fat eighth, um, and, uh, and figuring it out for yourself. All right. But that's, I guess, as far as I can go with their ringing endorsement, because some of you may or may not be over the age of 21. And if you're not over the age of 21 or you're Stop in a state listening. that is uh, where cannabis is illegal, um, one plug day you go la, 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 la. yeah, plug yours and go la la la. One day you <laughs> won't. One day you will be 21, and one day your state will have legal cannabis. So um, just you know, just give you something to look forward to. Goals, goals. All right, um, George. Thanks a ton for your time. You bet, man. Thank you. All right. Thanks for checking this out. Have a great day. Trap Lord Circuit, you're a beautiful human being.